Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Disney Plus or Minus podcast. We are officially halfway through our sixth decade. Is that how you would say Halfway through our sixth, right, yes, because we are at 55, which is halfway between 50 and 60, which would then complete our sixth decade. Right, so we're halfway (laughs) through our sixth decade. I always found it weird, like when people phrased it that way because obviously that sounds like 65 it's like when people are like 65 plus 35 no no that's not what i'm trying to say um it's a thing where you think it's going to add to 100 but it's not 65 and 35 does indeed add to 100 right but i mean like <laughs> what is what am i thinking is it 55 of? and 45 i feel like oh no that does that does also that does add to i'm like we're hmm. just so good at math <laughs> that we can't, we can't even... think about it incorrectly <laughs> there's something that you assume it's going to add to 100 but it actually adds to 110 or something if anyone knows what i'm talking about got please it, let got us it. Know. we're just maybe too 55 good at math. and 65 that's maybe 55 and 20 yeah so like jesus christ i don't know but if you know what i mean let us know (laughs) um what i thought you were going to say was um like when people like turn a certain age and then they say it's like they're what like if you're turning 29 then you're in your 30th year right like makes sense but i feel like people get that incorrect sometimes yes right because like zero to one is like your first year like you completed that year like you're you're that many years old so when you say you're one, you're always already more than one. You're you're more than one, exactly. You're never you're only exactly one for that one day, and then you're lying the rest of the time. And you know what? Speaking of things that are confusing, <laughs> this movie. I mean, you're absolutely correct. Um, the movie that we chose this week, I believe you chose this movie, correct? I did. You did. did. I'm, look, I'm glad you chose it. I'm glad we watched it because it has been on like my low key radar for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think I actually explained this in my pre-movie thoughts a little bit, so I'll just hold off. Um, I'll just go into introducing the movie for this week, which is Can of Worms, which, and I will say I chose it a hundred percent based on the photo that they give mm-hmm. um which is a hundred percent accurate to how the movie goes it, it um, yeah. it's all you need that's i think it's actually a really accurate description <laughs> it is so what disney plus says uh, aliens invade when a teen asks for intergalactic help to escape earth accurate also accurate, yeah, and and had me, you know, hooked a little bit. I was like, I was a little hooked. Yeah. What's Initial happen? release April tenth, nineteen ninety nine. It's coming of age, science fiction, and comedy. I'll hold my breath on that one. Uh, an hour and twenty four minutes, and a whopping, whopping thirty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not great. Is that the lowest? I I want to say there was like a 36 or a something. Yeah, there um, was definitely a 36. But I can really quickly look while you give us some of your pre-movie thoughts. So I said, I've never seen this and I have so many questions, but the image Disney Plus shows truly says it all. It's a slug or slug monster or an alien that looks very reminiscent of one of the bosses that you have to defeat in the game Pikmin. Wow. Which, if you know anything about me, you know I love. So I was excited. Um, needless to say, drawn in. Um, I wanted to watch no previews beforehand, so I knew nothing, and I wrote, I'm ready. And then I came back to this to say I'm sorry, but I had to sneak a peek at IMDb. Um, And I will add, the actor who plays Nick, the main character, hasn't done a single film since 1999. Um, But do you know who he is? 
That's, I feel like that's incorrect. A he film? Hasn't done it. A film. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Has he, he's been in like TV um, shows and stuff, right? Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. He is none other than Gilbert, the nerdy kid from the OG Under Wraps. I love that. They were already recycling their uh, stars in the early beginning of DCOMs, you know? Exactly. Under Wraps came out a mere two years earlier to that. And might I say that like that age of child, I don't know, he must have been like 13 to like 14 or something. They grow up so quickly in like mm. those two years. He looks so much younger in yeah. Under Wraps than he does in this movie. It's very silly to think about. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, before I give you my pre-movie thoughts, I did check. We did have a movie that got a 30% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and that was The Poof Point. Oh, which so I our, think is significantly better. But Yeah, no, 100%. I think that movie is... I think that movie was robbed of a good audience score, but yes. whatever. Um, my pre-movie thoughts. I said, I have not seen this one, though I often see it in conversations around classic decom. So I have some hope. This is what I was talking about in the beginning. I feel like people always bring up Can of Worms. Uh, the premise seems wild. The picture for it on Disney Plus seems interesting at best. And the 37% score on Rotten Tomatoes is not promising. Uh, I'm really not sure what to expect. And especially given this is such an early one, like who knows what was going on in the minds of Disney then. They weren't really down to that like classic decom formula. Mm -hmm. And they were, mm -hmm. kind, they were definitely willing to experiment a little more with their storylines and just how they made the movies. So I knew that there could be some interesting things happening in this movie. And you know what? It shows. It, it does. It really does. It shows. Um, okay, so we open with something spooky, something stormy, lightning and thunder. There's a giant satellite contraption and all these laptops in a backyard. Very reminiscent of the Drake and Josh episode where they speak to aliens and they try to trick Megan. Wow. Um, same type of setup. You're correct. You're 100% correct. That is yes. a mirror. Yes. Um, and so, we, yeah, we see this I called him a boy at first and then I saw him like closer and I was like older than boy. And then I realized no boy. Um, boy. It was confusing. Uh, he's like, like Natalie said, unpacking some laptops. He's like frantic. He plugs one of his laptops in, has his headset on and starts just speaking. And he says, fellow citizens of the galaxy, I do not belong here on earth. I am one of you. I'm being held here against my will. You must come save me. There's a much longer message. I didn't catch all of it. Uh, it's more than enough. <laughs> and he, he signs it. Send. Oh, yes. Well, he signs it Mike Pillsbury, which is yes. his name. Mike Pillsbury. No relation to the Pillsbury Doughboy, I think. I was going to say, did you check? I don't know. I didn't. It's unclear, but it I unclear. Just, it's my thought. Okay. I also think that, but we'll see. He's Still not as cute. No, I'm sure he doesn't giggle when you poke his tummy. No. Um, so he presses send on this and like a giant laser light beam comes out of the satellite and like sends it towards space. Uh, and there's like, you know, a lot of like buzzing and scientific noises. And before we can see how that scene ends, we get a boom, two weeks earlier, which I Two weeks loved. earlier. Yeah. How cinematic. So we get, yeah. So we get our, our character Mike in a treehouse with some friends talking about some alien invasion. And there's a little kid with them. His name's Jay. He's talking to the kid is deeply disturbed and sad because the story is about this alien family that's being attacked and the dad is being separated from the mom and the baby, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we meet Gilbert, who in this movie is <laughs> Nick, yeah. who is the older brother of Jay. And uh, without glasses, how cool is he? So cool. Also, was it clear to you from the beginning that they were brothers? No, that okay. was revealed almost at the end. Of the almost movie. at the very end of the movie. Did yeah. I know that they were brothers? I didn't know why they were hanging out with a small child. Same. 
Um, and so he's like, you know, mocking the story, but Mike keeps telling it. And at the end of the story, the baby alien was sent to Earth to be saved. And uh, Mike says he'll never feel like he belongs. And he says it slowly and softly. And I thought, does he think he is this alien baby? He, he um, surely does. The way he's like longingly looking into nothing, you know, like as he's telling this story, it's just right. he's he's contemplating life here. So Mike's dad calls him and he has to go to this football game because he's apparently on the football team. Uh, we get to the game. He's terrible. He hates it. He hates but it. Very surprisingly, um, never seen this in a Disney film before. He has a crush on the cheerleader. <laughs> New trope. I thought you were going to be serious about something in a second. <laughs> um, yeah, though, obviously, he's very distracted by the dreamy cheerleader on the sidelines doing the cheers. Uh, and uh, like Natalie said, very original. Never seen it before. Never been done. Never seen it. I have a question here. Um, is he like abnormally short or are they making him look like this? Like, I can't tell if it's for if it's his actual height, which is like fine. He just like looks so short compared to like the other football guys. And he's wearing this like big football pads and stuff it looked really silly yeah i think the point was to try to make it seem like he didn't fit in mm, they did it they did a good job yeah, they did it um so a ball is thrown directly to him somehow he intercepts it he starts running all around the field then he starts running in the wrong direction i didn't know you could get an own goal in football is that a thing i didn't know you could do that either can you get an i mean own he goal? doesn't because he gets tackled before he gets an own touchdown um he gets tackled badly. Yeah. Um, and he's like in this half conscious state and he thinks that he sees space and aliens like the ones from the story he told. And so he yells like down on the field, like, don't let them get me. They want my brain. And he's like down and his parents are like looking over him as he's waking up. And his dad's like, no, he's not dead. You'll learn from your mistakes. And I'm like, this is weird. He's like clearly delusional right now. And you're right? just like, oh, he's not dead. Like if at, at the least a concussion, uh, you know, which like we should not be uh, not taking seriously, you know, uh, exactly. I've been to enough concussion trainings to know. Um, I've probably been to about four or five, to be honest with you, which is, seems ridiculous, but which is enough is what all I have to say. <laughs> um, and his parent. this is where I thought you were going to say is that his parents are like, not that we don't often have supportive parents, but like in our last movie when the kid didn't want to do football, you know, his dad was like, you got to do it. Kind of like mean about it. Whereas like uh, in this case is they're like, we're so proud of you. We love you. Like you'll figure it out. It's like they were very positive. It was weird almost how positive and supportive they were. It felt out of place, which again, I mm. think that's what the movie is trying to do. Um, but yeah, they were still wanted him to be good at football. Um, but he's just like, okay, never mind. He goes home and he starts working on his satellite again in his backyard. So I guess now we are, this is two weeks earlier, right? So right. back to that satellite, he's doing some work on it. Um, as he's trying to do some work on it, his mom calls for him. He goes into the house. She's like speaking German and watching a video of people at Oktoberfest, totally irrelevant. And we never understand what's happening here. Um, and his sister asks him about his head, how he's feeling. And he's just like, why are you asking how I'm feeling? And she just wants his help for her computer class homework. So we know that he's like very smart, very good with computers. And his sister's like, you know, pushing his buttons a little bit every now and then. She asks him a computer question, which he answers immediately. She's like, are you sure? And he's like, does a tesseract exist in four dimensions? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, duh. duh. I mean, <laughs> what idiot doesn't know that? And then she also um, replies, you are definitely from another planet. So she's definitely helping push this story in his head. Right. 
So his dad goes like to the computer room or something to go work on his computer and it has some sort of virus or it's unclear what exactly the issue is. Um, but he calls Mike and it turns out he did it because he needed more memory on his computer. So he did something to dad's computer. I have no idea what he did, um, but it looks like a very old like Mario game where the thing just like jumps up and down like in pixels. Like it's not really doing anything. No, yeah. Know. It, it was like a big pig on this one. Yeah. He, he likes farm animals. We'll, he does. We'll find out. Um, we find out in the very next scene just how Wow. Much. Is that already next? Yeah. So it next sure scene, is. he's in computer class with uh, a jock bully from the football team whose name is Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cheerleader joins the class and sits directly next to Mike. I think she just joined the class, so I have no idea what point it is in the school year. Um But anyway, Scott is kind of pissed that the cheerleader chose to sit next to Mike. And so he inserts a floppy disk um, into his computer that somehow plays on Mike's computer. And it like makes a text come up that says, I've got your brain. I don't understand how the floppy, how they connect it to each. I don't. I don't either. I'm I'm not the best at computers in that sense. Uh, But they were just ahead of their time. They oh clearly, and so then that was I guess what you said about uh, the cheerleader coming in like just joining the class makes sense because I thought I was like if the cheerleader didn't even know her seat that day, how did um, Scott know that Mike was going to be in that seat that day? You know, if it's like a choose your own adventure seats kind of situation. But I guess if she just joined, then maybe they already had assigned seats because like how how did he know which computer he had to send Mm. it to? I was. I don't think that I didn't know that floppy disks could be so powerful personally, but yes, I maybe did not I don't know. Um, so then Mike inserts his own floppy disk into his computer. He was ready to he, go, and this is a twofold yeah. prank because yeah. first it sends an email to the teacher's computer, which says, "I think of you day and night," and it's signed someone in the main office. I think it was signed so the principal. Leaves. Oh, the principal. <laughs> so she leaves, which I think is very weird. Very weird. Um, she was really happy about it. And she was like, I have to go to attend to something in the principal's office. Leaves her class. They're all Fully alone. leaves them. So then Mike's final plan, then the floppy disk plays something on Scott's computer, which is a pig rolling in mud. And it's like butt is hanging out. And then he turns, he being the pig, and it's Scott's <laughs> face on it. And it, the whole class is just loving it. It's on everyone's computer, actually. They're, they they are think just, it's hilarious. They think it's the best thing that's ever happened. And Scott is just so upset. He's just like, this This can't can't be it. Um, then we're back to the treehouse where Mike is telling Jay more alien stories. And Mike's sister comes up and says, uh, Caitlin showed up to your house. And Mike's like, what is? what kind of prank is this? Caitlin being the cheerleader. Again, I don't think we had learned her name until... Nope. this moment right yep. very weird at introducing characters um but she is the cheerleader from the game and from class uh and they don't believe her at first and they're like okay but like what what if she is in there like then what so mike runs into his room and he sees caitlin in there like checking out all of his computer stuff she's super impressed with like all of his gadgets and all of his machines she's kind of like asking about what he built and why he built them um and he's like so excited to tell her you know he's like shocked that she he she's in his bedroom um and she told him how much she loved his prank like natalie said hilarious loved it so she asks for his help to help her uh decorate for the halloween dance that's coming up because she said like you know paper crepe uh streamers just will not cut it this year they need to do something bigger so he's very excited he accepts 
so just excitedly. Enthusiastically. Yes, enthusiastically. And they are about to do some stuff. And we get what a Disney movie cannot exist without, which is a montage. Sure do. Um, it's a montage of them checking out the gym space, looking at tech equipment, setting things up. Um, and the montage ends with them having created this giant centerpiece, which is basically like a lazy Susan mm-hmm. with like all sorts of weird decorations and lights on it. And sh- they're standing near it, admiring it. And she says, we make a great team. And he's like, yeah, right. You're a cheerleader and I'm just me. And she says, for a genius, you're really an idiot. <laughs> so somebody has a crush on somebody. Somebody. Um, and then she she hears somehow, I'm not sure how, that he tells great stories, which I think is supposed to be alluding to the alien story he told. Yeah. So she wants him to tell her a story, just like she told he told uh, little Jay. So he starts to tell one about aliens and spaceships. But as soon as he starts telling the story, Scott walks in to the gym and invites just Caitlin out to eat. And she's like, Mike, why don't you come? And he's like, did I invite him? So rude. And I thought, okay, well, she's going to get up and go. But no, she declines going because he was so rude to Mike. And in between that, Mike and Scott have like a little like back and forth where I I personally think Mike gets a little mean. Honestly, he says, yeah, go stuff yourself with some greasy hamburger. Go put on a few. Go from half back to full back. Like he gets really angry really quickly. And in that moment, I thought Caitlin was going to be like, why are you acting like this? I don't want to hang out with you if you're going to be like this. But she doesn't. And she, like Natalie said, uh, stays, tells Scott to go along and stays with Mike and hangs out with him. So shock. And then they decide that they are both hungry and they go to eat together. Yes. And the scene ends with him very slowly and carefully closing his laptop. And we see a post-it he put on top that says, keep out. Mm. So you know someone's going to go into it. You just know. Uh, the immediate next scene, we see two people that we can only assume is Scott and a buddy uh, sneaking into the gym at night. And oh boy, I'm like, they're going to ruin all the decorations. Um, they they don't quite show what they do, but they're looking around like, oh yeah, like this can work. And basically we know that they're going to have some sort of plot to ruin all of the hard work that Mike and Caitlin just put into all these decorations. Yeah. So the day of the dance arrives and... Um, they are, you know, finishing setting up and she says to Mike, can you put all this stuff on autopilot so we can have a chance to dance? And he goes, actually, that's just a matter of two keystrokes. <laughs> Nerd. Nerd. <laughs> so he's uh, testing all the equipment and it's working, but then you like see Scott off in the distance, like behind some sort of poster or something, um, right where all the wires are like connecting stuff together. Um, and also... At this very moment, I spied an Easter egg that Disney probably didn't know was an Easter egg yet. Oh, my God. Um, But then I realized it wasn't actually who I thought it was. But I thought (laughs) the girl who plays the piano, the pianist from High School Musical. Mm -hmm. Kelsey. I thought I saw Kelsey um, dressed like a pirate. And I was 100% certain that I wrote an entire paragraph about it. That was and the then they teacher. show her again, and it was the teacher. But it looked <laughs> just like Kelsey. It did. No, I should. I didn't realize that was the teacher until a couple scenes later when she's doing something. I'm like, oh, that's the teacher. That wasn't a student. I couldn't realize that was the teacher from the right. beginning. Um, when you said Easter egg, I thought you meant that you were gonna point out that one of the costumes is this like big, kind of like frog looking thing that kind of looks like one of the costumes they wear in Halloween Town Two. Um, oh, I didn't which, even notice. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite the same. But almost interesting. 
So everything's going well. Everyone's dancing, having a great time. And then all of a sudden, Scott pushes a button and everything breaks down. And then all the gadgets and jingamahoos, jingamahoos, what's the like fake word for that? Thingamajiggers? Thing, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Lazy Susan reboot and they start hitting into people and exploding and then they're on fire. And I was like, this is a very dangerous thing Scott did. Very dangerous. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know why no one was feeling more dramatic about this. Um, yeah. The teacher dressed as a pirate grabs the fire extinguisher. She puts the fire out. She then gets it all over Mike, like the whatever. What is that stuff called that's in the fire foam? extinguisher? No the foam. Yeah, it gets all over Mike. He's so upset. Immediately, Caitlin's trying to like comfort him. And she's like, no, it's okay. It's fine. It's okay. And he just like takes his laptop and runs away. And then cut into the scene that we started the movie with yes running into his backyard all dramatically in the storm trying to like set up this satellite i did not see this coming i didn't see this being what was going to immediately follow here um and he's doing what we described in the beginning he's like frantically sending out this message that he doesn't belong here and he wants to be saved um again the satellite beams into space and now we kind of see the ending of that where after it does that it also kind of sparks and explodes and all of that stuff is ruined um and he's just like you know not sure what happened but basically it's like the next day and his parents like well you know at least insurance will cover the satellite blah 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 like you'll be fine you'll get over it you got it like he's really just like not wanting to go to school Mm. he says he lost he says he can't solve and he can't face them yeah so he's just like embarrassed and like defeated and he just like doesn't want to go to school he doesn't want to deal with any of that um and when he goes to school everyone is kind of making fun of him and even caitlin like won't talk Mm -hmm. to him so he had a point i didn't understand why she was being so rude i didn't either i think she just like didn't want to look lame in front of people yeah which is lame now we get to the interesting part of the movie yep so he is laying in his treehouse that afternoon because he doesn't want to see anyone. And all of a sudden, a dog with a transmitter device around its neck appears and he talks through the transmitter translating device. And um, it's I was I was not expecting that. I wasn't either. Um, basically, this dog, his name is Barnabas. Uh, he's from the star system like Puppis or something like that. Uh, he says, you opened the door, you opened the Stargate, we have to get off this planet. And obviously, Mike is like, this is insane, I'm going crazy, what's happening? And he's just like, you know, others are traveling through the galaxy to find you, and they won't be as nice as me. Uh, so he's kind of telling him, you know, we gotta go quickly. because like, come with me. Yeah. He says, you're quite sane and gifted with an abundance of intelligence. What a compliment, honestly. I know, seriously. But yeah, Barnes was like, we have to go now. And Mike's like, I don't think you're real. And then he runs away. And as he's running away, Barnabas is like, be ready to leave the next time I see you. Yeah, he's cute. Um, so he sits down to like eat lunch because he thinks, oh, maybe I'm just hungry. I'm lightheaded, whatever. He has like a hamburger or something. And he's sitting at the computer machine. Computer machine. Computer, the computer room the- machine. <laughs> and all of a sudden, this green goop like falls in the ceiling and lands on his food. And you look up, and some sort of like pipe has just apparated um, and nice appeared. Word. Thank you. It's Harry Potter. <laughs> and it's just like a portal above him. And this like monster alien dude just like falls out of it. I don't know how to describe the appearance but i will say it has human teeth which was jarring it like is is just a ball of 
guck with human eyes and human teeth, right. not in like the right place. And it, I honestly, I hated it. I hated it yeah. so much. I did not want to look at it anymore. He says, I am the boom, your new best friend. I've come to handle your case. You'll be taken care of for life. Shall we go? Um, and he's like, what the hell? And as he's like realizing what the hell is happening, Caitlin calls Ugh. and he picks up the phone and she's like, I want to apologize. And he is so distracted by the boom because the boom is like there, first of all. And then it's like eating his burger and then burping like very loudly out of his entire body. And then he like eats Mike's corn on the cob as disgustingly as anything could eat corn on the cob but still made me want corn obviously <laughs> obviously and then um, the, and co- Kate- the corn kernels turn into popcorn in his stomach and he's shooting right. out popcorn from himself so now he's yeah he's shooting out popcorn and caitlin's like i wanted to know if we could start over but i don't get the feeling you're paying attention to me at all like girl he is not paying attention to he you because not. there's an alien in his room and then he's like yelling when it's popping popcorn and she just gets very angry and she hangs up and he's like damn it the boom like I, I, and this was important and the boom's like well i'm a lawyer and you have a case we can sue the pants off planet earth and mike's like i don't want to sue anybody yeah um i was upset but i never thought anyone was going to come and he's like i'm suing you for wasting my time and then leaves through the pipe and it disappears upsetting i i was upset at that like that scene lasted too long because yes of how disgusting it was and how it gross was it was so disgusting i hated it um so he invites nick over immediately and nick does not believe him and he's like you can't tell the difference between real life and your imagination um so he's like all right fine i probably am just imagining it i'm gonna go apologize to caitlin so he goes over to um her house i think or her mm-hmm. window yeah and as soon as she sees him she like gives him a dirty look and turns away um but then before he can even react or feel sad about this barnabas reappears yes um he says you have opened up a can of worms and i said the titular title title. (laughs) he also says you sent out a galactic cry for help without thinking it through um and then mike tells him about the boom and he says "Uh, i was afraid of this you opened up a can of worms that's what obviously Mm -hmm. you just said he said in sending out the message you also sent out the message that this planet has reached some level of technological intelligence now earth no longer falls under the intergalactic protection for primitive life yes rude i know i was like well like partially true um but basically that means that like barnabas like really can't help him that much anymore um but he's just like look i can take you to a place where you can be yourself and be by yourself um and mike's like you know what that doesn't sound so bad let me just tie up some loose ends um i have to go say goodbye to someone he's like the girl and he's just like yes he's like fine but like make it quick basically um here's my question yes you are about to leave forever and the only person you want to say goodbye to is a girl you just met two weeks ago yes not your family not your best friends nick and jay um no just the girl because that's all that teenage boys think about so right Mm -hmm. so he goes to caitlin he knocks on her door and she answers and she's like i tried to apologize and you were rude valid valid um she agrees to give him a second chance oh sorry this is not from her door at They're her yelling window. from her window yes mm-hmm. so she agrees to give him a second chance so she starts coming downstairs and as she's coming downstairs another alien appears and this one looks like the guy who okay i don't know how i'm gonna describe this exactly i forget what the show is called but it's the guy the monster that carries his eyes in his hands uh, real monsters 
Yes. Yes. What's that guy called? Ooh, I don't know what his name is. But that guy. That guy, yeah. That he carries his eyes in his hand. He looks uh-huh. like that guy. Mm-hmm. And he also looks like the boss from Pikmin, as I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, and this guy's like, I want to represent you in all media in the galaxy. And then Caitlin opens her door and the alien freezes her so that I guess she can't see what's happening and then zaps him and Mike somewhere else. Um, somewhere private, he says, which is just behind a bush. It's across the street. <laughs> and he wants to turn Mike's life into a story, a show. And Mike's like, no, absolutely not. So then the alien, um, after much back and forth, the alien disappears. Caitlin unfreezes. But obviously he was across the street behind a bush. So she doesn't see him. She thought he left. So she's very pissed off. Goes back inside again. They don't get to talk. So sad. So sad. Also, at this point, now we've seen that like one of the aliens is a lawyer wanting to represent him and like clearly make some money. The other one is a media agent whatever these are not the roles i expected these aliens to not take at on all. like not not the jobs not the industries they would be in i was quite confused um by that but alas we will yeah. learn more um so he goes home and he asks his parents would you tell me if i were adopted and at this point based on the stories he was telling i thought he was adopted and he just thought that he wasn't a human and that he was an alien I right like I thought that he mm-hmm. just like didn't know who his parents were basically but apparently what? he's not even adopted according to right. his parents they're like very sure they're like you are not adopted I can show you your birth certificate like what do you want me to like tell you like and his little sister Jill is like trying to be a little like butthole and she's just like oh no like they switched you in the hospital that day there was a bunch of ugly babies blah blah, blah. basically like not helping the situation um but they're like no no like you're, you're our son like it, please why do you think that you're like not human like what what is right. this um so he's not apparently he's not adopted i don't know um and again he uh, he somehow nick is at his house again i think i don't know he tries to convince Nick that he's seeing aliens again and still he doesn't believe him. And then he go, they both go into their, the treehouse, and all of a sudden there's like five aliens in there. So the two that we already met and then like three more. And so finally Nick sees and he's like, what the hell is happening? Uh, he's like, I'm going crazy. It's rubbing off on me, your craziness. Um, and they're all fighting over him. They like are just trying so- to use him. They have, right. So one wants to sign him. One wants to date him. One <laughs> wants to make him famous. Um, so I think that he's just so overwhelmed by all of this that he is like, all right, I'm going to go pack my bags. He's like, I can make a new life. But as soon as this, he says this, Caitlin shows up Mm -hmm. and starts yelling at him. And he's like, in a few minutes, I'll be leaving for another planet. He's like, I'm sorry about the dance. Um, and she's like, well, you know, you're the only one that made me feel like I belong here. He said that to her. Right. Mm -hmm. You're the only one that made me feel like he I belong here. And then he heads out. And as he's heading out, one of the alien like throws him a contract and they're all arguing, trying to sign him. And then Barnabas reappears. Thank God. And he's like, this is a very important decision. So as they're all discussing this and like all the aliens are arguing and Barnabas is like, you can't go with one of them, basically whatever. One of them pops out of the treehouse and is just like, a thode is coming, run for the hills. And all we see all of those weird aliens like jump back into their portals and leave and barnabas is like oh no the worst worm is about to crawl out of the can barnabas tells them like they have to go they have to leave we're not sure what the hell a thode is at this point um and then as they're (laughs) leaving the thode as they're leaving 
who fucking runs by, Jay comes and sees like this cool light emitting from the treehouse and runs up into the treehouse where the thoad is coming from. And they're like, Jay, 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 no, like don't go up there. And boom, the some some arm or tongue or something pops out of the uh, portal and grabs Jay and brings them brings him uh, to another dimension, basically to another planet, uh, which is so upsetting. And uh, two things I have to say about this. So one, they're like, he's gone through the gates. And I was like, this feels very Stranger Things, like being Mm. taken to another dimension. Um, Also, one of the things Barnabas says is that his goal is going to be to try to re-protect Earth, to be like, oh, well, Mike, if you did this by accident, he says, if it was truly an accident and not superior intelligence, we can appeal the case Mm. so that they can get Earth protected again um, to prove that he did this by accident, not that he actually knew what he was doing, (laughs) which he didn't. Clearly did not. Um, so, right, Jay gets taken um, and Barnabas is like, he didn't intend to take the little boy. He'll come back and take more and more until he has the perfect specimen for his collection. Um, so Mike devises a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so the plan is very weird. Um, Nick basically breaks into Scott's house in the dead of night. Um, so strange. And then takes him to Barnabas. I was like, if someone broke into my house in the dead of the night to take me, um, I would immediately call the police. Yeah, I wouldn't go with them. He, The way that he gets in there is that he says that Mike is calling you out. So like the threat of some other kid in your grade, like wanting to have some beef with you, basically, is right. like why he leaves and agrees to go. So they basically tell him that he needs to be the bait, um, which I don't understand why they needed him. But to be He's honest, the perfect just, specimen, Natalie. Right, right. They t- they discussed it earlier in the movie how he was a jock. He he was a computer whiz. He was good looking. He right. has all these friends. He's just rude. <laughs> um, to be honest, they didn't seem at all concerned that Jay was abducted, not even remotely. Um, and then Scott is basically like, "No, I'm not going to do it. Why should I?" And Mike's like, "Because I dare you. You're not scared, are you?" And so then he agrees. I- teenage boys like teenage you're boys. gonna do it because you're gonna go through a intergalactic portal because someone dares you to <laughs> i guess so. so the thoad or whatever is coming out of the portal sticks its tongue out and takes him as they predicted um and the rest of them jump through the portal while it's still open and they land in some like woodsy foggy place with like dinosaur dinosaur skeletons barnabas calls it a zoo mm-hmm. um scott is in a different place with jay it looks just like the backyard Um, But it's light out and it was nighttime when they were abducted. Um, And there's like a giant window to the like woodsy world where the others are. So we're not really quite sure what's going on yet. Um, But the others are now on a quest. They're running through caves and rivers. It's very Indiana Jones style. Mm. Um, They find some like central controls that look like these glowing red crystals. And then they find the window. But when they look out, it's just like a ball of fire on the other side. And then we quickly realize that each window is a window to the world of different like specimens. And then that specimen is in there. So Jay and Scott are in the backyard because that is Earth. Yeah. Um, It's like a little zoo for the different species around the galaxy, basically. And they're all like in these little exhibits that you look through. Um, Right. And they come across a very specific one. That is very important, which is um, the Hansels, which is one of the types of aliens that Mike had made stories about early on in the movie. And they like press a button and hear like info about the Hansels. And basically everything that Mike said was true. And Nick was like, how did you know? Like, how did you know this? And he was like, honestly, I have no idea. And so we get this like weird feeling that like maybe Mike was on to something. Um, 
So they, they find Scott and Jay's window. Yeah. And then they start banging on it, but they can't hear them. And as they're banging on it, the thode appears. And he looks just like a human. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they will be pampered. This is a sanctuary, not a prison. Soon I'll have enough specimens to ensure they never get lonely. And then he tries to take Barnabas and Caitlin because he doesn't have anyone from the planet Puppis. Mm. Um, and they run away. And then he like transforms the thode into a much more alien looking creature, kind of like the Hulk. Oh. Um, like how he transforms, uh-huh, he just uh-huh, changes. Uh-huh. Um, and then he finds Mike and somehow the others sneak attack him and then they catch him in a cage and they take his key. It all happened so fast. I, I couldn't quite follow. Did I miss any important details on that? Nope. I think you got it all. They trap him in that weird cage thing. They grab the key that he was like wearing a key in his necklace. So they mm-hmm. grab that. Um, and then basically they have this key and they're trying to figure out how to use it. Um, and Mike goes back to the Hansels first. So he feels that like he has to go there first before mm-hmm. he can go let Scott and Jay out. And the alien Hansel behind the glass basically starts speaking to Mike like telepathically. Like you could tell there's something going on between their mm-hmm. brains. And all of a sudden Mike goes, I know how to use it. And like does some weird pattern of like bringing the key, just like dragging it along like the window basically. It doesn't look like he's doing anything. But then all of a sudden that big door opens and the Hansel is let free and they're just like, what the fuck is happening? Right. Um, so they go over to Scott and Jay's and they do that there as well and they let them out. Um, and basically they're just like, okay, the, we got to go to the gate. We got to get through. We got to go back home. Uh, so they're running. They're running back through. The Thode is like chasing them and following them. Yeah, he um, gets out of the cage. And then uh, Mike is just like, oh, I have to do one thing. So like the rest of the crew is going, but Mike and Barnabas are behind and they stop at that that main control like that Natalie was describing with the crystals. And he does that same weird hand gesture thing. And he, we assume, opens all of the gates for all of the specimens that were trapped mm-hmm. inside all of the exhibits. Right. So then Nick, Scott, Jay, and Caitlin jump through the gate first. Mike and Barnabas quickly follow. I thought they were going to be more in danger because they delayed, but they didn't. No. And when they, all six of them are finally jumped through, the Stargate doesn't disappear. And Barnabas says that it can't close if something is still traveling through it, which is obviously the Thode. Yes. Um, so Barnabas tries to call the intergalactic police, but the line is busy. <laughs> um, and as he's like on the phone, the Thode reappears. He says Mike is going to pay for setting free his old collection. And then he captures him with his tongue by the leg. Um, and everyone else is like trying to hold him back. And then in the nick of time, the intergalactic police arrive and uh, the Thode is arrested. And they say that he is being sentenced to two eons. They do say that. They also spell it weird. They do. A-E-O-N-S. I thought it was just E-O-N-S. So, but when I, so I looked it up for reasons you'll find out in a moment, and it is A-E-O-N-S. Gasp. Yeah. Weird. Gasp. So I looked it up because I was wondering, what is an eon? How long is that? Can you actually serve that much time? How many lifetimes is that? And what would the, the world look like when he is released. Oh my so gosh. my math, the math bust is about two eons. It is time. It's time. It's time for math busters. So upon Googling an A-E-O-N eon, it says in astronomy, an eon is defined as a billion years, oh. abbreviated A-E. Um, Roger Penrose, who you'll know, Sir Roger Penrose, is a British mathematician, physicist, and he got a Nobel 
in physics, Nobel Prize. Um, he first coined the word um, to describe the period between successive and cyclic Big Bangs within the context of conformal cyclic cosmology, obviously. Obviously. Um, obviously. All we need to know is that it is a billion years. Got it. So two eons, little quick maths, would be two billion years. Okay. Incredible. And that's the whole no, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> and that's so <laughs> first of all, I wanted to know how many lifetimes would this be? Like, could he actually serve two eons? Um, so we obviously don't know what species exactly the thode is, but I was first going to assume that he's a human because he appears like a human for a little. So that he can take true. a human form. So let's mm -hmm. use a human. Mm -hmm. So the average uh, lifespan of a human is 79 years. So I divided 2 billion by 79 and we found that this would be over 25 million lifetimes. Wow. Um, crazy when you put it like that. It is. Um, then I thought, okay, well, he's not really a human and I feel like aliens would probably live longer. Um, so I looked up what is the longest, li longest lifespan, average lifespan of a living thing on planet earth, Ooh. because I can't find anything outside planet earth. Obviously. And that is black coral. And the average lifespan is 4,309 years. Holy shit. Yeah. So I did some quick division and I found that that would be almost 500,000 lifetimes of the longest living thing on earth. Wow. Actually 464,000, but almost 500,000 lifetimes. Yeah. But he's not from earth. So it really could be longer. Mm -hmm. We just don't know. Mm -hmm. I did find one other very important thing before I go to the second part of this math bust, which is, did you know there is something on earth that actually has an infinite lifespan? Uh, yes, I do. Fuck. It's like a, a pretty common thing too. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, is it like, like lo it's lobsters, right? No, it's the immortal jellyfish. Oh, just kidding. I thought yeah. lobsters can live like almost forever or something. That's a different thing. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> the immortal jellyfish. I love that. Um, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know about the lobster. Um, there's something about just lobsters. Is, I don't know. But anyway, um, so it says this species can revert from sexual maturity to sexually immature, a colonial stage, and repeat the process indefinitely. Oh my gosh. So That's they just kind of cool. They, they just, just Benjamin Button and yeah. then age and then Benjamin, and then Benjamin Button, Button and again. then age. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I thought, okay, well, he's not from Earth. So really, he could live longer than 4,309 years. I have no way of knowing. So I looked up the only other possible thing I can find, which is what is the average lifespan of a species? So the average amount of time it takes either for a species on average to go extinct or to evolve so much that it's no longer considered the same species, mm. okay, okay. which is five to 10 million years. Ooh. So I said, let's use 7.5 million, right? Yep. And if we divide the 2 billion, which is the two eons by 7.5 million, we get 266 and two thirds, which means that we would likely go through 266 different iterations of the Thoad species before he's released, which I doubt that he would, one, make it that long, and two, that the people that are keeping him captive at the end would be even remotely similar to the people keeping him captive at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so would you even want to live in that world? There would be no chance that any species are even remotely the same. It's a no. completely different world. 266 different species. Like, humans like, yep. became a thing, lived all their lives, went extinct, 
266 times and then you're released that's crazy that's actually crazy that's yeah i my brain like can't process that much time passing (laughs) yeah insane anyway i'm gonna say this is busted i don't think that they would actually keep him captive for two eons because i don't think it's possible it's just impossible (laughs) yeah wow nice what a fun fun little journey that was yeah thank you um so yeah basically once the police come and take the photo away they're like all right we're gucci uh caitlin says to mike she's like we really do make a great team right and then like we also see scott and he's like being nice to mike like he is no longer a jerk um barnabas does deliver us the news that the um the hearing came back basically and they said that the earth is primitive and is protected again so everything that mike did basically was kind of undone which is good um and the thode is going like natalie said the thode is going away for eons uh and all of the prisoners that he had have been returned to their home planets which we love barnabas does offer to take mike one more time back to his home with him and he's like you know he would be very happy i would be very happy um but mike chooses to stay he says maybe i do belong here Uh, and then he gives uh barnabas some really good head screechies which was so cute. cute. The end. The end. Oh, sorry. He plays football again. That's how oh, he yes. ends. He, he plays, plays football, football badly. And again, Scott is his bud. And the cheerleaders are cheering directly for Mike. They're like yes. cheering about Mike. And then we have the end. <laughs> yeah. All right. My post movies. I said, what a strange, strange film. Uh, the beginning and setup felt like it really dragged. Um, like getting to the two week scene that we saw at the beginning took forever. Uh, the last 20 minutes or so where they were on the other planet or in the zoo or whatever was actually entertaining and kind of cool, you know, weird in some aspects, but kind of cool. Probably could have been a longer portion of the movie. I think the movie would have been a lot better if that was more of it. Think less of the gimmicky, like, I want to be your lawyer. I want to sign you. Like we didn't actually need that. Yeah. Um, I don't quite understand the purpose of this one or even remotely understand what I was supposed to take away from it. Maybe something about belonging, but it's really a stretch. Yeah. Um, as far as 1999 sci-fi goes, it's probably pretty on par. I, I don't have anything to compare it to. Um, I will definitely not watch this again and <laughs> completely understand the low rating, but I made the most of it and was able to find some enjoyable parts. Um, looking for an... Oh, looking for any intel on what the purpose um, or what was supposed to be the takeaway was. Would love any uh, information on that. Thank you. I think you were along the right track with something about belonging and like finding your place, even if you don't feel like like everyone has a place. I don't know. It's again, it's a stretch. Um, my post movie thoughts go. Um, that was definitely an interesting movie. Um, I will say that it was unique and I was surprised by some of the plot twists. Like when we were brought back to that moment from the beginning of the movie post dance, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't know when that would be. And I also definitely didn't see Jay getting taken by the thode. Mm-hmm. That one came out of nowhere for me, but made for like a great journey to go save him. Um, I'm glad that he and uh, he being Mike, I'm glad that Mike and Caitlin and Scott made up by the end and were buddies. Um, but I do want some more answers about whether or not he truly was an alien. Like I'm yes. in the camp that he definitely was how else did he get all that history of the Hansels correct and like how did that one talk to him basically um I can only imagine that his parents were like wiped of their memories and mind controlled in some way to believe that Mike is actually their child uh because like 
their small primitive brains, as we know, Earth is such a primitive planet, um, probably couldn't handle knowing that their child was actually an alien. So I feel like they kind of like the aliens did something to be like... Um, do we need Can of Worms Part 2? It seems like we do. It seems like we need a, a, a second part to this movie, a prequel to this movie, if yes. anything, you know? Um, I, I thought it was a fun watch. I can't see myself watching it again anytime soon. Um, and I, I think that the disturbing 1999 alien graphics were just something I can't get past. Even 20 years later after like we've gotten all this uh, new technology around that stuff, it's just, it was too disturbing for me. I couldn't do it. I don't think I would watch it just for that part alone. Agreed. And that's it. That's can of worms, folks. That is can of worms. We definitely opened some sort of something here. Um, You know where to find us. Uh, You can find us on Instagram at Disney plus or minus all spelled out. You can find us on Twitter at Disney plus or underscore. You can find us on anchor.fm or wherever you find your podcasts. Um, Leave us a rate, review, subscribe, DM us. Let us know if you have a different takeaway from this film. And join us back here for number 56. Ooh, bye. Bye.